Hello and welcome back to Bombers Breakdown. I'm Maxwell Fritz and alongside me, my great friend Julian Lloyd. How are you today, Julian? I'm well today, Max. How are you? That's good. And I'm doing well as well. <laughs> now, sadly, your Battle Creek Bombers have not been doing that well as of late. They had a pretty good record going into this last road stand, Julian, but then on the road they dropped all four games. Yeah, we did drop all four games, but, you know, after a tough road trip, it's great to get back home, and we have plenty of home games this week, so I'm looking forward to see how we turn around. And we'll get more into that homestand later in the podcast. But quickly, touching on that road story, mm-hmm. the first game was on Thursday after the Bombers had a day off on Wednesday, but that day off didn't really treat them as well as they thought they would. Mm-hmm. When they went down to Traverse City on Thursday, they lost a tough game 3-12, to where pitching was really the problem in that one. Then on Friday against Traverse City, they lost 0-3, and Traverse City is one of the best teams in the league, Julian, so that's kind of to be expected, especially this early in the season when Traverse City is all the good players and Bombers are still kind of struggling with players coming and going now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Traverse City uh, kind of hit the ground running when the season started, so, you know, I think we were able to get a couple wins against them when we were at home, but, you know, it's, it's to be expected that they play well at their home field. And then the Bombers face the tough Kenosha Kingfish on Saturday and on Sunday. And Kenosha, that's a team that's very much similar to the Bombers. And what's interesting is the first time we went down there, the Bombers got blown out. Second time when they went down there, they got a couple wins back on the Kingfish. Uh-huh. And now when they went down there again, they sadly got blown out again on Saturday. They lost a 2-12 to game. And then last game on Sunday, it was a closer 6-8 to game. Uh-huh. So if the Bombers keep that up, I mean, obviously their bats are starting to come back alive. Uh-huh. Hopefully we can get the win against the rival Kalamazoo Growlers uh, Monday night. Absolutely. I mean, we play them twice this week, and then, then we get to try to get revenge against the Kingfish. I hope the bats are alive. It's really fun to watch when this team is hitting extra base hits. And that homestand against the Kingfish will be the first time the Kingfish actually come to Battle Creek. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe uh, the home confines of C.O. Brown Stadium will help out our Bombers because C.O. Um, the Kenosha Stadium is very much similar to the Kalamazoo Stadium where it's a very short field. Yeah. So – a lot more home runs, a lot more power there. So it'll be interesting to see how the Kingfish adjust to the deeper ballpark of C.O. Brown. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I, I, I just know Josh is going to mention the travel issues that they probably faced during the road trip, just the fatigue, not mm-hmm. exactly jet lag because it's a bus. But, you know, I, I think that maybe with us not having to travel because it's home games, it'll, it'll do us well. For these and games. it might not be jet lag, but they did cross over in a central time zone to mm-hmm. face Kenosha. And Going from Traverse City, Michigan, to Kenosha, Wisconsin, that was about a six-and-a-half-hour bus ride that, as Josh will probably talk about later, turned into an eight-hour bus ride Yes, because they hit traffic. Yeah. So definitely a long, long road trip, and now hopefully having the boys back home, and especially getting two games starting off against Kalamazoo, hopefully that will get the bats alive. And, you know, because Kalamazoo being the rivals and the I-94 rivalry continuing, we got a couple games on Kalamazoo, but Kalamazoo's leading the series right now, so... Bombers are definitely trying to get some wins back on them. Oh, yeah. You don't have to tell the Bombers to get up for this game against the Growlers. You can feel it, and they know it, and they've said it to us, like how they feel about the I-94 rivalry, and we know it's a big deal, and there will probably be a lot more people here than usual because of this, the magnitude of these games. And the first game tonight, as we're recording this on Monday, June 21st, will be tonight at 6.30. Then we have another game tomorrow against KZU at KZU. Uh, Homer Striker, yeah. Yes, Homer Striker Field at Kalamazoo at 6.30 there. And, you know, Julian, I still don't understand why every time we record this podcast, it's kind of rainy out. This I has mean, been a theme. Every every Monday we've recorded this podcast, there's been rain. And today it's not really raining out so much as it's dreary, but the problem is the field got destroyed from yesterday's uh, rain showers. So Yeah, and we're expecting kind of maybe breeze. It's not supposed to hit, you know, the 70s, which is odd considering yesterday, Father's Day. It was actually the first day of summer. 
uh, it's not feeling like summer in <laughs> Michigan right now, but uh, we'll see how it goes as the as the months progress. Yeah, definitely. Late May felt more like summer than late June. Mm-hmm. But then after they come back from that one game stand over there in Kalamazoo, we have a lot of home games and a lot of doubleheaders, Julian. So even though we're at home, it might be a little hard for the Bombers as well as we have the originally scheduled doubleheader against Kenosha on Thursday, a one thirty game and a six thirty game. But then we have another doubleheader now on Saturday against Traverse City and kind of explain more about what that is because of. Yeah, we're going to have to finish the game that got rained out. You, I believe it was midway through the third or, you know, it was early in the game. So mm-hmm. I believe that both of those games are going to be nine inning games. But uh, doubleheader on Saturday starts at 5.05 instead of, you know, one thirty-five like the Thursday when it's uh, supposed to be a doubleheader. It usually starts earlier. That's definitely going to be a late game. And then, Julian, what day do we have that luau promotion? Oh, yeah, we have the, the uh, Luau night on Friday, which is before the friends and family on Saturday. I'm I'm actually really excited for this week. I think it's going to be fun. I already know Tim Fox and the media, or not the media, the entertainment crew have a lot of, uh, you know, tricks up their sleeve. I'm, I'm legitimately excited to see what they have. It's yes, and Tim great. Fox, again, as many of you know who come to the ballpark, is your on-field host, the fantastic Mr. Tim Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, Friday is kind of their day to shine as it is our Luau night. So mm-hmm. I know they have a lot in store for that. Hey, myself and Grayson Cockerham, mostly Grayson, though. We spent a lot of time making that flyer. So if you see the flyer, just know that was partially <laughs> your boy. I was <laughs> I was instructing where it went just a little bit, I mean, with the, with the ins and outs of it. And that's the thing, too, Julian, is, again, how much this organization is intern run. I mean, you know, you're, you're a camera operator. Grayson is a box office, mm-hmm. and yet you guys are making the flyers and everything. Yeah, that was – I mean, it was fun. We got a lot of input from everybody, you know, mm-hmm. tweaks here and there, making sure it doesn't look like it's what it's not supposed to look like pretty <laughs> much. I mean, it kind of had some themes in it, but, yeah, it, it was good, and it was fun, and that's what I like about this. So the Bombers definitely have this big homestand coming up, trying to get some more wins back. We'll dive more into that later in the podcast. Back here on Bombers Breakdown with Grayson from the box office. And Grayson, tell us a little bit more about the Luau at the Park promotion. Yeah, so Hayden and I have come together and we're organizing a Luau at the Park, which is coming up on Friday, June 25th. Um, we put together a nice little package. Um, fans are going to love it. It has a ticket sunglasses in LA and then you also receive a snow cone voucher and all that's just for $12 so we're trying to embrace the summer and the warm weather and get some fans out to the park that's awesome and yeah hopefully it won't be raining that day as we have you know had rain a lot here at Seal Brown Stadium but with Lou at the park so you mentioned like snow cones or what's up what's going on with that yeah so we just thought what better way um, to have a Hawaiian party then to get some snow cones, so we rented a machine and we have a couple different flavors and hopefully attract some fans with the snow cones. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And you said so it's only twelve dollars for the whole thing. Exactly twelve dollars. I think it's a great price. Definitely got to take advantage of it. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's gonna be great, and I'm excited that it's right before a friends and family promotion. It's a Friday night uh, against Kenosha, so yeah, should be great. It'll be interesting because when we were at Kenosha, uh, they had a Harry Potter night for one of their promotions. Oh, so yeah. some of the some of the themes in our league are crazy, and they they're really good on the social media coverage of it. So yeah, we got to make sure we step our game up for this. So yeah, it would be really cool to see this little out the park promotion. I mean, this is like one of our first like big promotional nights, so um, it's awesome that you know the fans are going to get to experience this and 
get all of this included for only $12. Yeah, and the flyer is beautiful. If you get a chance to you know, <laughs> check it out, it'll probably be posted. I'm just, it's a gorgeous piece of work. Yeah, it should be up on all of our uh, social medias. Yeah. And yeah, Julian and Grayson both worked on that flyer. So, <laughs> yeah. does it look like Christmas? I mean, listen, it looks like whatever you want it to look like. It looks amazing. It looks, look, I mean, if you see it, it'll be on social media. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if you see it, you just know what's up. And, uh, yeah, we're excited. Use the promo code Luau at the BattleCreekTickets.com. Uh, yeah, to get the twelve dollar price. So. All right, yeah, it's important to use code Luau BattleCreekBombers.com. So thank you for coming on, Grayson, telling us a little bit about the Luau at the park. We'll make sure that you know we see everyone out here on Friday, the twenty fifth against Kenosha. Uh, joining us for the Luau. Thank you guys, and make sure you guys come out and wear your Hawaiian shirts and your grass skirts. Woo! Hey fans, Buffalo Wild Wings on Beckley Road has a table waiting for you right after the game. Experience the atmosphere of the sporting events without having to be there. They have weekly food and drink specials you wouldn't believe. It is truly your home run for after the game. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Back on Bombers Breakdown here with our two Bombers broadcasters, Josh and Harris. And Josh and Harris, uh, as much as we don't want to talk about it, let's uh, touch on the Bombers road trip. Well... They were 0-2 going into the road trip, and they are 0-6 coming out of the road trip. <laughs> you saw so, some nice ballparks. Yeah. Traverse City up at Turtle Creek Stadium up there. Pretty nice ballpark. It looks like a hotel, but it's <laughs> it's nice. They got a turf field. It's a big ballpark. It's, it's like two feet shorter in the corners than it is in Seal Brown Stadium, 320, but 390 power alleys and 400 to dead center. So it's it's nice. It's It definitely felt different. It. Harris and I walking around felt like it was a smaller ballpark, but when you look at the dimensions, it's it's definitely big. But they have a lot of wind up there, being on the lake, and same thing with Kenosha, which Max you saw it last week, and mm-hmm. I got to see it this week. It's definitely a small ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Traverse City ballpark kind of reminded me of Eastern Long Island a little bit. Kind of in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, a bunch of fields surrounding the <laughs> ballpark, and then Turtle Creek Stadium just is there and it kind of looks like an apartment complex when, when you when you drive into the ballpark we had our own room to broadcast in which was basically the size of a you know normal probably even bigger than a normal sized hotel room to ourselves really um nice ballpark turf field as josh said bigger than it looks um good crowds there too and then you know kenosha in my opinion is is one of the more uh, fun places to watch mm-hmm. a game in the Northwoods League. I think the crowd is very into everything that goes on there. They love that team, and uh, it's a very intimate atmosphere. Everything's up close, and I like We it. really enjoyed yesterday on Sunday. Um, whenever they are announcing the road starting mm-hmm. lineup, there was one guy in the in the in the uh, crowd that now batting eighth, playing center field, Heath Hood, and then the guy in the background. Who? And then they go, Hood. He goes, oh! And he does it for all ten players, the position players in the pitcher. So, literally, this guy is just standing there, staring at the press box for the entire lineup, just saying two words. Who? And then after the repeat of the last name, oh! And there's there's probably, like, four or five hundred people already there, and there's just one dude who just loves doing it. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was, um, I, I noticed that, too, when I was at Kenosha. It was funny. I was talking with the, uh, Kenosha booth about it and they were like yeah sometimes other fans will join in but it's normally just that one guy who always does it and they will do it every game for him and he, he reminds me a lot of our super fan you know Dave so I, I guess every Dave team start doing it yeah every team <laughs> or every team in the North League has you know that one super fan 
Yeah, that's yeah. Like... They have a fun press box as they have two sections of box seats behind home plate. That's in a concrete type stair step, and then above it is a metal flat roof, and a box basically mm-hmm. on the roof is the press box. So you have to walk up these open metal stairs on the outside of this facade and then walk across a catwalk to the press box and then the press box is probably the closest you'll be to home plate whenever you are watching a game at any press box in almost any stadium i've ever been in it's insane how close it is and then the netting which we talk about this netting at co brown stadium where it's kind of (laughs) short and a foul ball mm-hmm. could go right up over and at the press box. Uh-huh. Had a and couple they, catches almost made. Yeah. Yeah. We had one in Traverse City that was really close. Like, the closest we've had this season mm-hmm. where we we have three windows in Traverse City. And he Harris was on the left. I was in the center. And then our right one was just open a tiny bit because it was basically holding our crowd mic in. Uh-huh. And we had one go right up over the netting down in front of me where I reached out <laughs> and could almost grab it hit the concrete and then smack the facade of the suite to the, on the right window, right by the crowd mic. Uh, so we've had a couple, but then at Kenosha, the netting is about mm-hmm. four five, six feet higher than the press box. So there's nothing unless it's wow. hit straight up, which we had one <laughs> where you guys put the crowd mic last road trip was out a window on this, on the roof. We had a foul ball that went up over and would have hit the microphone. Yeah, if it so was still there. The, yeah. The weather in Kenosha was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, especially yesterday, it was it was downpouring rain for probably the bottom of the eighth inning and the start of the top of the ninth. Kind of surprised that they never uh, never you know delayed the game at all. And even on the way to Kenosha, we ran into a storm. And um, on the way back, and yeah, on the way back, you know, I woke up the next morning after that big storm and saw that a tornado touched down in the suburbs of Chicago. I immediately thought of you guys on the road. Luckily, you know, you guys were pretty much back at yeah, Battle Creek by the time we that were happened. we were back before the 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 tornado hit down and also we're about an hour and a half away from mm-hmm. Chicago. So mm-hmm. I knew, I knew you guys would drive back through it we though. We drove back Kenosha. through Chicago. Like I would say it's Chicago area because mm-hmm. going through the city would have added another hour to the trip. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. insane with how much traffic was there. No, I just want to mention like, while you guys were there that you got some insane drone footage that hopefully we can get on the social soon because it was like beautiful to see the different angles of the field and of the players on the field it was just really cool that you got that. yeah i've got i got a drone a week ago and uh have been taking it with us wherever we go and trying to get some cool footage so i like to take cool different videos of different styles like in traverse city i put a gopro in the under the turtle in the batting cage when they were taking bp so stuff like that to kind of edit together sites from the road trips so let's talk about, guys, the struggles for the Bombers on the road trip. Like, you guys followed the team. You were talking with players. What do you guys think was the reason the Bombers went 0-4 on this road trip? It, first three games, everything. Game four, pitching, unfortunately, gave up some runs late. But to start it off, it was a – I think it was a 12-3 to loss yep. in Traverse City. And it really got out of hand later in the game. Um, yeah. It was it was three nothing and then it was five nothing or no it was we went up three nothing and then they tied it in the fifth three three and then they put one in the sixth one in the seventh and we're thinking all right it's five three it's not too bad but then seven runs in the eighth was the killer and then that kind of started the down spike of we lost three in a row that one was tough the next day three and zero shutout 
The next day in Kenosha, 12-2 loss where the wheels just fell off the bus as well. Obviously, in a shutout, you can't, you're not scoring runs. And then 8-6 uh-huh. loss yesterday where down 5 nothing, came back and tied the game 5-5, but the half inning afterwards gave up three more runs, got one in the ninth, almost came back, had uh, a 3-0 count with the bases loaded with no outs, and a ball that should have maybe been a ball but called a strike, and uh-huh. then re- the resulting at bat is a strikeout swinging. If that was a ball and it walked in a run and it kept the, the line going, maybe could have come back, but it was just an unfortunate thing. And we know the Bombers, as of late, have been a great eight and nine inning team. For some reason, they always seem to come back. So, as obviously just mentioned, stifle a little bit on that on the road trip. Yeah, looking at the scores, they were outscored what looks like 35 to 12 or 35 to 11. So, yeah, it's just overall not the best. Yeah, I think the shutout really kind of was a kicker. Um, and, you know, the mood just was not very good on the bus. Even going to Kenosha, you know, after getting shut out, you have a tough travel day. You lose 12-2. to two, And then yesterday, you're kind of, you know, cr- trying to crawl back a little bit. You end up tying the game at five after scoring um, five runs in two innings in the sixth and the seventh. And then bullpen just, you know, it implodes. And, you know, there's, you know, Christopherson was making pitches. But, uh, you know, they got hit, and that's baseball. Uh-huh. So being back here now at Seal Brown Stadium for this long road stand, do you guys think that'll help the Bombers? Julie and I were kind of talking about that, how we think, you know, being back in the friendly confines of Seal Brown Stadium, not having to worry about the travel. Yes, we're against some pretty tough teams, but what do you guys think about the next upcoming games for the Bombers? Well, we've got a home-and-home home with Kalamazoo, one today at Seal Brown and one tomorrow in Kalamazoo, and then we see the same two teams that just beat us 2 nothing in the series. We have Kenosha for four games in three days with a doubleheader on Thursday. And then we have three games with Traverse City uh, in two days with a doubleheader on Saturday. And the doubleheader being because of a resumed game that was rained out in the bottom of the third with the Bombers already down 5 to nothing. So uh-huh. although they're back and they don't have to travel, you're facing the two teams you just lost 2-0 in the series to. And they're the two top teams in the East that you're playing. And Kalamazoo is only half a game ahead of battle creek so maybe you can reset and take two games off kalamazoo tonight and tomorrow mm-hmm. and then maybe feel a bit better but traverse city outscored the bombers 15 to t- three in two games and they're up five zero in a game already in the third with a runner on in the bottom of the third no outs so it, it'll be hard for the for the bombers to come back from that one we did see though with the kokomo series the first time the bombers went down to kokomo they got outscored i think it was like 17 to three or some some big margin and then came back and than one in Kokomo. So maybe that could happen now back at Sale Brown Stadium. Yeah, I mean, and this is an important stretch. I know I know the players like being home, especially Michael Rubenthal loves playing here. <laughs> I mean, just being at home. And, and you know what? They needed it. It was a tough four-game road trip. They need to be back, you know, for a lengthy stretch of time. Um, and it's an important stretch. You know, this road trip, this past road trip started out as an important one in terms of the standings, and it turned out to be important because now, at the end of the day, the Bombers are in last place. Mm-hmm. So when they could have made some strides in the standings, they go 0-4, and now they're in last, with Kalamazoo winning their last three games, and now the Bombers play the Growlers here tonight. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it, how this homestand goes, but it's going to start with the Growlers, and you, you got to split this home-and-home home with Kalamazoo because then Kenosha comes here for four, and they're the best-hitting team in the league. Mm-hmm. And then you have Traverse City in first place coming next. So it's basically a carbon copy of the road trip, but coming back home is a little uh-huh. tough. And the big thing with the travel was the four games in four days, the team was on the bus for 16 hours. Uh-huh. They had a three-and-a-half-hour trip up to Traverse City, 
and then a seven, a six and a half hour trip from Traverse City to Kenosha that became eight hours because of one a stoppage and then for food and stuff along the way because that's just typical in a six and a half hour bus trip mm-hmm. yeah. and then an hour stoppage on an on ramp due to construction where we moved about seventy five feet in an hour yeah so that became eight hours mm-hmm. and then um, a four hour bus ride from Kenosha back to Battle Creek last night that although it's four hours add an hour because you're coming back from central time. So right. we left at four 30 in the afternoon and got back at nine 30 that night, which isn't too late, but it's a long time on the bus. Right. And now the last thing I really want to touch on with you guys here is that Julie and I were talking about this earlier. Yes. We are now getting the big talent from the last guys from LCU Eunice and Vanderbilt, but we've lost a couple key players. Can you guys kind of fill us in more about that and how you think the team's going to build itself back up after losing some key talent? We the first player we found out that we lost on the road trip was Peyton Carney, which he had only played a couple games and and didn't have his stuff going for him. But replaced him with another temporary pitcher, Alec Thomas, who got a start against Kenosha or was yeah Kenosha game one and was all right. But as we saw, it was twelve to two loss, so got hit around a bit. He I think he let up five or six runs in that game. Um, and then the big guys who showed up were. We got, we got Drew Lazine out of LSU Eunice, who got a start as well on the road trip. And then Luke McGibney went yesterday. And McGibney ended up getting hit around a bit as well. But they both seem to have better composure on the mound. Although they faced adversity, uh, they both didn't get a win, obviously, with the, the 0-4 road trip. But those two guys seem to know what they're doing and seem how, like they can – get back in the saddle the next day and not worry about what their last start was. And then today for tonight's game is Jack Merrifield, who Harris and I have been talking about a long time, just waiting for him to show up because with Eunice, this collegiate season, he's been a ridiculous hitter. And even in their last series, the championship series, he went off. Uh, He went four for five in the championship game. And then McGivney closed the championship game. So, I mean, these Eunice boys are pretty legit. And talking to Lazine and McGibney, like, those two are great, great human beings to talk to. Like, McGibney comes off of a start, four and two-thirds, you know. He pitched all right. He gave up five runs. But, you know, he comes back on the bus and he's immediately chatting it up. Like, I mean, those, 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 two, those two are pretty cool, two really good dudes to be around. Yeah, we got to talk with them a lot. They sat the row behind us on the bus ride and on that eight-hour trip. So... Talked to him about three, four hours during that bus ride. And then, like he said, coming back off the, the loss and the start on Sunday, McGivney gets on the bus and immediately starts asking me about what I talked about with his hometown on the <laughs> broadcast. So, although it's maybe a situation where you're 0-4 and you just got the loss in that game and you're heading back and your six last six games you dropped, maybe hang your head a bit and try to get reset. But they seem like they're here to have fun and – Although it's baseball and you want to win games, sometimes w- the best course of action to get back on the, on the winning station is to just move forward and not hang your head about the game before. Yeah, and the guys on the team, you know, they don't hang their heads at all. They lose a game, they get back on the bus, they play their music and have fun on the bus. Like Ed know. Johnson and Davis Bergen were in the hallways. Those two have opened up they, a lot. They're they, funny guys. They love their family guy, and they love mm. their quagmire impersonation. So. <laughs> Ed Johnson has the better one, apparently, according well, to both of them. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Davis does it a little more than Ed, but 
Ed was you know, <laughs> short and to the point, apparently. So. <laughs> I love that we have these characters on the team, and that it's really showing now after the first couple of weeks of everyone trying to feel out each other. And so we just heard now that we lost another player, uh, Ben McNaughton, and that was pretty recent. Now we're getting a temp guy in to fill in for him, but uh, talk about his loss for the team. He's a fast guy. He was He started off hitting decently well and getting on base, had a rough patch in the last few days where I think he was – hitless in his last three games, maybe yeah. last four games, but kind of had a play where you and I both thought he was going to be safe on an infield hit and call it out. So, But you don't want to chalk it up to, oh, my one hit in four games is an infield single that I beat out. Like, he's a fast guy, and that's what he does. I get it. But he went through a tough stretch and was battling a bit of an elbow injury as well. So you could add that to the equation. And now, as of today, we, we heard he's – not returning with the team, which is unfortunate. He played a good center field as well, so was good defensively and was able to use that speed in the outfield. So we'll see how how it the team comes back with him. As there's a new guy, I think his name is Caleb Balgard. I think is how you say it. B a l g a a r d. It was just signed literally today. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know when he'll be here. Don't know. I know he played. He's listed as a first baseman and an outfielder. So I don't know if he's to replace McNaughton, but more depth to the roster. It'll be interesting to see how they form the lineup now. With McNaughton gone, he was your everyday center fielder, and now it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'd, I'd assume Heath Hood will slide over to center field and then right field. I mean, it could be anybody. You could keep Mason Sykes out there, or you can do some. You can move Miguel Lauriel out mm-hmm. there and have Jack Merrifield, who's an infielder, come play second base, and then have Ed Johnson play third, Harold Cole play short. I think that'd be the best lineup offensively and defensively, but it could go either way. Like, Blake Bean could get some opportunities. He's played a stellar right field. He got into Saturday. He started Saturday's game at a very nice defensive play, uh, diving, catching the outfield and right. So he's always been good with the glove, so it's it's nice to see him get some opportunities when he gets it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they just construct the lineup. So yeah, that is kind of the problem for the Bombers right now. As soon as we thought the Bombers were kind of getting more settled in, get their lineups, you know, set, have the same lineup every, you know, few weeks, know the positions – they lose some guys, have some guys come in now, have some temporary guys. It's almost kind of the start of the season over again for the Bombers. But luckily now with um, the great leadership of Mike Rupenthal, the Bombers are figuring out a way to make this work. Yeah, and Rupenthal is a guy that, unlike most coaches where you come off a six-game losing streak, you would think a coach might be screaming and kicking and yelling and stuff. He's not – super vocal and a screamy coach. He'll make sarcastic jokes mm-hmm. that you were like, all right, he's kind of picking on our, our performance and saying that we need to clean it up. But I think that kind of helps with the age group. You got guys who are 19 to 23 in college and instead of screaming and stuff, you're kind of playing with the humor a bit which is something that, you know, younger guys maybe in high school might go over their head or they might think that you're just being a bully. So mm-hmm. I think that these guys are able to understand how Rupenthal works, especially some, a good amount of them being from Tyler where Rupenthal is a pitching coach. So I think it's it's good for them, and, and we'll see how he's able to turn it around. And Rup has more of the not 
he has more of the outlook and like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, and that sometimes can be very crucial for helping guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think obviously after the road trip, he was pretty disappointed, but after the road trip was after we started getting close to coming back to the ballpark, he's like, well. Tomorrow's a new day, and that's, yep. that's a good attitude to have. And, you know, I saw him in the press box about 20 minutes ago, and, you know, he was joking around with me in the press box. So he's in good mood, and that's good for to start off the homestand. That's good. So hopefully our Bombers can get some wins out now being back at home. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. And Thank you. Have Bombers. some good calls. Thank okay. you. Bombers Breakdown is presented to you by Marshall Community Credit Union. Our 2021 presenting sponsor, Marshall Community Credit Union, is on a mission to partner with members for financial success through service, solutions, and education. See how MCCU can help you reach your financial goals. Just visit marshallcommunitycreditunion.com to learn more. Who's got your back? MCCU. That's who. Welcome back to Bomber's Breakdown. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Hot Takes with Jesse 2K. Take it away, Jesse. How we doing, guys? Uh, then, yeah, Jesse 2K here. Jesse Kalodkin. I'm the video director for the Bombers. Um, so glad to be here on another section of Bombs Away, our hot take segment. And it's been a cold past week or so uh, for the Bombers. Unfortunately, most of the planes have been grounded. Uh, but but I'm, seeing, I'm seeing beautiful skies ahead. Uh, first hot take is going to be the Bombers in their six of seven, right? In seven mm-hmm. days, they're playing six games. Mm-hmm. They win four of them. They go four and two at minimum in in the next seven days. Uh, so, skies ahead, soaring high in the sky. That's my prediction. Uh, what do y'all think? I believe that's a hot take. I mean, I think the bomber, especially after a hard road ga- or road stand like that, where you go zero and four, they're gonna they're gonna have some fire under them. And being back home at Seal Brown Stadium, and getting but more of the high power caliber guys from LSU, Unison, Vanderbilt, and I think we will go uh, win at least four games. I agree. You know, it only takes one to start a streak, and here we are about to start the streak tonight against Kalamazoo. Now, but <laughs> we have a lot of home games coming up, and I really I really think we just play better at home. And, yeah, I think it's going to be in our favor. I think we can win four games in the next seven days uh, with no problem. The friendly confines of C.O. Brown Stadium for the a- Bombers. Absolutely, because, you know, some of the other fields have not treated us nicely at <laughs> all. So, yeah, it's great to be back. I think uh, Bombers are also getting reinforcements. Uh, we just got Jack Merrifield today, who we expect to hit 800 or something crazy. No, big got some, got big some power name. hitters. Uh, looking, I believe we've had, was it two home runs so far this season? Yep, Krause. Both by Kraus. Yep. Both by Kraus, Stephen Kraus. And no one has hit a home run in Seal Brown Stadium. I think I've said it on every edition of Bombs Away. I'll say it again, especially now that we have Merrifield, we have Kraus. Aaron Beck is getting in the swing of things. Harold Cole is finally warming up, and stay tuned for him because I got one for him. So, somebody, and I'm pounding the table, or I'm not pounding the table because I don't want to hit the mic, but uh, somebody in this six-game stretch will hit a home run in C.O. Brown Stadium. I think that's another hot take. I mean, it's it's inevitable, Julian. I mean, yes, C.O. Brown is one of the larger stadiums in the Northwoods League, and both of our home runs came at Kalamazoo and Kenosha, which are the two shorter ones in the Northwoods League, mm-hmm. both off the short fence. But I, I believe that with our power, and even if it wasn't us, even an away team power, I mean, because I know Kenosha's been hitting a few home runs, mm-hmm. I, I believe someone will at least hit one home run, possibly just one, but at least one home run. I'm going to keep saying, yeah, I'm going to make it happen by my positivity <laughs> and, and saying that it's going to happen. I, I really do think so. Kalamazoo has got some uh, great players. If you've seen 
uh, any social media, you know, the home run that they hit with the shotgun and the bang <laughs> yes. energy, like that guy is legitimate. I, I forget his name. I think it's Nolan McCarthy. I think that's him. If it's not him, then I apologize. But yeah, they, <laughs> like that guy's a ball player. We're getting a bunch of ball players back. Uh, Jesse just mentioned Merrifield. Cole is heating up. Like, yeah, I, I really believe that this is the week. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. All right. Thank you for bringing up Cole one more time because Harold Cole, for those of you who don't know, is with a top 10 prospect in all of Georgia, which is one of the better states at producing uh, collegiate and just in general athletic talent. Uh, he is not yet projected to be a number one overall or number one, uh, not number one, first round pick, but he's certainly gaining traction. So with that being said, I'm going to predict today we are recording this on June 21st. I don't think Cole plays here past... July 17th, past the All-Star break. I think by that point, he gets drafted. I believe that is a hot take. Um, Harold Cole is a really good talent. I mean, you know, top 10, top 20 in Georgia, uh, top 20 in the nation for shortstop position. And shortstop, as Julian have talked about, you know, that's the leader of the team. Most likely it's one of the better players on the team being very versatile. And Harold Cole has struggled a little bit in the Northwoods League as of late, but that's to be expected when you come to the Northwoods League because it's first time really with a wooden bat and coming in late to a team that's already been kind of established. You know, you're still trying to figure out your bearings, your teammates, your coaches, everything else with that. So it's definitely been a bit of a learning curve for him, but I believe that if he doesn't get drafted by the MLB draft, that he'll probably definitely take an offer for college um, down at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So I believe that's hot. I believe he will either get drafted, but I think it'll be more likely that he will actually go to college, play maybe one year in college, and then get drafted. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, take, especially because we know something like that happened with Spencer Torkelson and ended up going number one overall. But for talking about Cole, just to come in midseason, he already has high expectations. You're playing your first game. Everyone else is on like, you know, 10, 15 games in. So they're already warmed up, and you're cold. So just – like incredibly, impossibly difficult. What he's Harold had to Cole. Do. What did I say? Harold Cole. No, joking. You oh, said he's cold. Uh, oh yeah, he's yeah. cold. Like he's icy. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you. Okay, I get what you're saying. That's funny. But <laughs> was, uh, anyway, yeah, Harold Cole. Uh, it's just an impossibly difficult. What he's had to do, and uh, it's impressive that he's starting to play well. But it's to be expected. We know. Mm-hmm. We know this guy's legit. I think uh, it's safe to say that he would get drafted and. But I, I do expect him to stay with the team past the July 17th or the day that you said. I just think that he will stay with the team a little bit longer than that. All right. So next hot take. Um, this comes looking at the season as a whole because before this last road stretch, the Bombers looked like they were squarely in the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. Right, They were number three in the division or in their part of the division. It's top two teams that make it on to the next round. Now Bombers are last in the division, uh, or tied for last in the division. So this six-game home stretch is very much important. 72 games overall. Uh, they've, they're have 7-12 right now, so we're almost 20 games into the season, about a little over a quarter of the way through the season. So, will the Bombers make the playoffs? That's the big question. I say No. I think there's too many losses so far. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I'll have to sadly agree with that, Jesse, that I, as much as I love the Bombers and love this team, I don't believe that they'll be able to make the playoffs this year just for the fact that there are a lot of good teams in the Northwoods League in the Bombers division. But as for the fact, too, that the losses are starting to pile up early in the season, that's not what you really want. And yes, we're going to be getting some power guys, but other teams are also going to be getting their power guys as well. And the problem with the Bombers right now that we'll kind of go into a bit later is the Bombers are losing talent now as well as gaining. So we've lost some of our big guys um, as well. So that, that's going to hurt the Bombers. And the way the way they're going with the streakiness of them and the other teams, because I, I believe Traverse City is a shoe-in to get in. I believe Kenosha is kind of the dark horse underdog. I believe I believe my, my hot take as well to go off years <laughs> is that it will be Traverse City and Kenosha, the top two out of our division. I don't think that's hot at all. I think they're just, they just look like the two best ones there. Yeah. Um, and, and Julian, you think? Do you think the Bombers have it in them to regain the ground, or is it all she wrote already? No, I th- I think they do. I don't know exactly what kind of record uh, a playoff team typically has in a seventy-two game uh, schedule, but I think that we can go forty and thirty-two. I don't think that's out of the question. So if forty and thirty-two gets us in, then I think we can gain get in. If it doesn't, then uh, I don't. I don't know. I think forty wins is optimistic, but I think it's possible. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that about making the playoffs. I believe that we will definitely figure this out after June concludes because we have this big homestand against two of the best teams in our division right now against Kenosha and Traverse City. Mm-hmm. If we can't get those wins, and then if we fall to KZU, and then we have Rockford to finish out June. If we fall to all of those teams. If we don't win any of those series, I should say, mm-hmm. I don't believe we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, we're, we're really going to need to finish June strong, definitely, without a doubt. We have a lot of, uh, you know, with the All-Star break and a lot of the games before the All-Star break are away, and we know that we, you know, typically play better at home. I, I think that we'll need to finish this home stand strong and go to Rockford strong, you know, end the month uh, on a high note. June should definitely be very important because it looks like most of the team is going to get be here by the end of June, so they – Bombers will finally be at full strength, uh-huh. flying at full capacity. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, they're probably going to be be one of the better teams come July and early August. Uh-huh. So the question is just how is that team going to manage the end of June? You know, if, they, if they're um, nine or ten games to end June, begin July, and you lose six or seven or eight of them, even if you're great, you know, for most of July, it's probably going to be too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, though, you're right. Like, if he if you kill it, then, well, you know, it's up in the air. But that being said, Traverse City still looks pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their name is amazing as well. <laughs> yes. Pitt Spitters? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like the I like the logo match with the with the name. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been uh, bombs away. Thank you guys. Uh, tell us online if you think they're hot takes or not, and. Uh, We'll be back. And back on Bombers Breakdown in celebration of Luau at the Park Night, we're just going to, Maxwell and I are going to say our favorite snow cone flavors. And we all know that on Friday the 25th, if you come out, use the promo code Luau at BattleCreekTickets.com. You can get your snow cone voucher with the purchase of a ticket for only $12. So, uh, Max, you can go first. What's your favorite snow cone flavor? All right, so I love anything pretty much green, you know, so lime, um, 
green apple. I know they don't have too many green apple snow mm-hmm. cones. So I would probably nice lime snow cone. You prefer lime? That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to stick with the tropical theme. Mm-hmm. My favorite flavor is actually pina colada. When they oh, have. okay. So usually that's the one that I'll, <laughs> that I'll go to. It's almost never bad. You can never miss with a good pina colada flavor. True, so, true. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Barber's Breakdown. Uh, I've been Julian. I've been Max. All right. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>